0: This is Robbie Dillmore from the Christian Car Guy and Kingdom Pursuit, where we hear how God takes your passion and uses it to build a kingdom. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just a few seconds. Enjoy it and share it. But most of all, thank you for listening and for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. to you from an entrenched barricade deep in the heart of central north carolina masculine journey after hours a time to go deeper and be more transparent on the topic covered on this week's broadcast so sit back and join us on this adventure the masculine journey after hours starts here
1: now welcome to masculine journey after hours and we're glad that you're joining us to talk more about the topic of our first boot camp Rodney, you want to tell us a little bit about how we came to that topic? The topic of this week's broadcast is the first boot camp. So we were kind of sitting around last week after I had said something as a reference back to my first boot camp and Wayne saying something to me, and then it just kind of was something that, as often happens with us, it just kind of sticks. And we're like, well, what do we want to talk about? And we said, well, let's just kind of leave it open and just anything that comes to your mind that was important to you for that boot camp and this is what you're getting yeah and and you know this group you would think that being good christian men we'd bunch a bunch of rule followers and things we had robbie with the marathon clip what was it, last week and andy we asked to submit one clip and he gives us at least two you know every week because he can't decide and to be honest the bump in one second over it was I yep. broke the rule. Yep. Yeah, I know it's 31 <laughs> seconds. Thank you. All right. I feel shamed now. That'll be another topic for another week.
2: <laughs> well, now you got a problem because I think that violates the copyright, right? Uh, two minutes. <laughs> eyes
0: of your heart are open
2: anyway. No, eyes of my heart are open. They are indeed. Uh,
1: I know exactly what I did.
2: <laughs> I didn't know if that look was to start talking. You are, so go ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My clip, you got to go back three or four weeks and 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 play it again. But uh, it it didn't get there, and that's my fault because I dumped it on somebody else at like two in the afternoon. So, um, but it was the Tyler flying in the plane and never cry wolf. Never well, never cry wolf, which he didn't. He never would even mention wolves, even though he was asked what he was up there for. But that really resonated because and as i said earlier you know our big adventure together was going to alaska but what i probably have never said on the air is the beginning of that adventure was driving across the country we broke down and for a week in uh oklahoma which put us behind so we i got my wife to Seattle area, and then I took off and left her for a week to go to boot camp. It was a week-long one done, run by Barry Strickland, and uh, I never had problems with the Warrior stuff. I've been doing battles since the early, my earliest memories. Dude, go ahead, Wayne.
3: Dude, just, just say it like it is. You've been blowing stuff up for a long time.
2: Well, yeah, explosives didn't really hit until late junior high, but I was shooting things before that. But I I identified immediately with the warrior. This was a week-long adventure with God, and it really hit me that I was married at 18, had kids at 22, they were out of the house. That My first boot camp was 2003, and it was sort of a, oh, catch my breath, what am I living for? And when I got there, and and this was an adventure that God sent us on and I knew it, but when I heard that was part of every man mm-hmm. adventure, I said, you know, I, I have had lots of adventures in my life but I never really saw that as a core desire until that week. And we went, this was in Alaska, we went fishing every day, in fact, To be honest, I missed a lot of the sessions because we only did those at night, and I was tired, and I'd doze off, but the movies really had an impact. They'd keep me awake, and then I'd say, oh, dang, finish the movie. (laughs) But the adventure began there, and at the end of it, Barry gave, walked up to me and said, I got something for you, and he handed me Wild at Heart. I'd never heard of it. I didn't even know that's what we were doing. (laughs) during the week. I mean I heard the phrase but he handed me the book and that uh was a turning point in my life.
1: Thank you, Jim. Appreciate it. Andy you want to go ahead and set up your is this your second clip? How many you got with us this week? It's always a, ch- well, we, we man, a I
4: always bring I bring a lot to the uh family reunion, you know. I you bring do? I don't just bring fried chicken, I bring some potato salad too. Right, yeah. so he is Clippy
5: Longstockings, <laughs> he is
1: Clippy Longstockings yeah. the Clippinator <laughs> all the other names we have
2: for him. You got to stop picking on him. If it wasn't for his multiple clips, I wouldn't have one half the time. That's true.
4: Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I do have my fan club, so Clipper, the big red dog. <laughs> yeah, that's that. <laughs> yeah, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> big bald dog, yeah, yeah, as, uh, yeah. there's red at the right. <laughs> So um, this clip is from Open Range, and this is one of the ones I, – I went back and looked at some notes because we were doing this topic uh, from my first – I think I think it was a journal from the first boot camp. I was so dense I didn't I didn't date any of them, so I'm not exactly sure, but I think it was based on the, the journal type. But anyway, um, I went and I started flipping through just to see if there was any movies that spoke to me or, or <coughs> anything out of them, and sure enough, I ran onto the clip from – Open range, and I can't remember the whole thing, but basically this, uh, they were called free grazers. They were taking advantage of everybody else's land to graze their animals, and they went into town, and they nobody likes them. And these other men in that town, you know, these other uh, uh, ruffians were, were kind of running the town, and they were like, you know... Shenanigans. Sh- shenanigans, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they were serious shenanigans, but... <laughs> They were just running the town, and and um, uh, Charlie and Charlie is the main guy in it. He basically says, you know, one guy was complaining about, you know, we don't want to, all our got our our kids get killed off, and he was like. You know, you're man, ain't you? And ancient. that's, there's a little bit more than that. I don't want to tell the whole thing, but. <laughs> it's, most of, it's most of it right there. It's well, right. like 20 It is. It is. A show. Yeah. So I went overboard on that. So we'll talk about it when, it, when we.
1: I feel like I've seen it
4: already. <laughs> we'll go ahead and
3: play it. Um, Shame what this town has come to. You could do something about it.
5: What? What freighters? Ralph here's a shopkeeper. You're men, ain't you? I didn't raise my boys just to see him killed. Well, you may not know this, but there's a, things that gnaw at a man worse than dying.
1: Yeah, you kept yeah. You kept a nice part there. For yeah, that's, yeah, that's
4: the key part. But there is something uh, that gnaws a man, at a man worse than dying. And that's kind of, it's similar to the clip I submitted in the first um, show, but You know, really, those things, those comments there, those quotes kind of distill what boot camp meant to me is that they awaken something in my masculine heart to do more than just get through life, Mm -hmm. pay the mortgage, try to provide for everybody, but not take on the enemy, not stand up and be what God calls a man, not what the world calls a man, but what God calls a man, and to live that out. And, and let it affect every area of your life and not compartmentalize it. Well, I'm godly in this area, but I'm not in here. But really live out of my heart. You know, Robbie, I t- talk about it a lot. He used to come up to me at boot camps and say, well, how did God come after your heart? And I'd looked at him like, what in the heck are you talking about? You know, it was like, I just never had anybody put it to me that way. But that's exactly what happens. And God comes after your heart to wait, uh, reawaken it to him and to his purposes.
1: Yeah, he does. And I think that, you know, a good topic, which we won't do next week, but a good topic would be what are the things that would gnaw your heart yeah. worse than dying? Yeah. You know, and I mean I think it's something to really ponder, and I think that's why it's yeah. such a powerful clip, a little different than than William Wallace. Yeah, a little bit. You yeah. know, because you know, he's getting ready to go go right, die. Right, yeah. If you haven't <laughs> seen the movie, hope I didn't ruin it for you, but he <laughs> dies. That's the whole right. point of it, right? <laughs> but you know, but this was just a little different you know and and the key thing was was charlie didn't say a whole lot during the whole movie no Mm -mm. boss man yeah he just listened and you know didn't say much but when he talked oh my you wanted to listen to it yeah yeah
4: one one more thing there is just uh (laughs) 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 well you prompted something and and now i've forgotten it welcome to the (laughs) andy thomas show go ahead andy (laughs) the (laughs) (laughs) christian clip guy (laughs) I, I guess the thing is, is it's you don't. Nobody wants to leave this life feeling like they've not impacted it. I think that's the biggest thing. You want to leave your your print on it, and I think God puts this, that in there. And whenever we get through halfway through the life, and we realize that we haven't made the impact that we, you know, we feel like He's called us to do, we don't feel like we've accomplished anything. Yeah, Cliff. Clifford Huxtable, how's that one? You like that one any better? All right, I'm gonna go to. The, I'm gonna
2: go home now. I'm taking away his mic so we can go to Danny. But yeah. then I thought about the Danny Thomas show. There you go. That's true. hey, yeah. that'd be
1: good. Yeah, as long as he's a Christian clip
5: guy.
2: He's a Christian <laughs> clip guy. Yeah,
1: Danny, you're up. You want to talk a little bit uh, about your first boot camp yeah. experience? Unlike
5: Rodney, I knew it was about the book Wild at Heart.
2: Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and Jim
5: the. Uh, um, Touche. Touche. 10, 15 years ago, I was introduced to the Wild at Heart and the John Eldridge stuff. And the, the thing was that I was introduced to it, but there wasn't a community of people doing it, so to speak. And it was just kind of being like on an island. But it did speak to something in my heart. And I knew it did. And I knew there was something to this masculine journey. And... But it kind of died out because, it was, you know, you're running around talking about this stuff and everybody's going, yeah, that's nice, that's good, that's good, keep going. And then they're like, go away, you know. Mm. And so we had started a ministry, and, and it was a men's ministry, and I knew my time there in Asheboro was was up. And I don't know what we were going to do, but we were talking about moving to, up to the Winston-Salem area from Asheboro. And the boot camp that I came to a couple of years ago was my first one. Having known the stuff, and we had started followed by God, we were kind of doing that as a group, and and it was kind of a last hurrah for us, or in my own heart, because I knew I was stepping away from guys I, I dearly love. Still talk to some of them, most of them, and but I knew I was stepping away as leader, as as that kind of thing, and stepping into a whole new world. What I didn't know was I was stepping into the masculine journey world, and that was kind of the the boot camp was almost like. Stepping through the the thing in Narnia, yeah. really it really was the wardrobe the time warp. the wardrobe, yeah, and uh because unbeknownst to me, God was giving me the community of men that were in this genre of of masculinity and and truly coming after my heart, and that was my first boot camp was because I had no idea when I talked to Robbie and met darren and and that. I would be invited to a radio show, to a podcast, to a community, and it was literally—I call it the plug and unplug and plug back in. So I mean, it wasn't like I had to search around for another ministry. It was just like boom. So that's really neat, and God has done some amazing things since then.
1: Yeah, well, when we met you, we knew that you were island of misfit toys kind of person, and so that kind of worked for us.
5: Yeah. <laughs> I had a I had a water gun full of Jello. Yeah, that's true, that's true, that's true.
1: And so we get to another clip, and so this is a clip that uh, I, I brought to the show, and this is from my boot camp, my first one. Now, uh, unlike, uh, Danny and I are very like in this, I, I had read Wild at Heart prior to coming to boot camp. i actually read it, and had led, uh, led, a couple, led a small group with it, and then also was sharing it with one other person, and for me, I'd gotten stuck on Chapter 4. Chapter 4 in the book Wild at Heart is the wound chapter. And I got stuck there, and I read the whole rest of the book, but I could not figure out my wound. And the, the funny thing was that God was kind of telling me what it was, but I didn't want to listen. I wasn't going to allow that to be the wounded part of me. you know. In, in my own mind, looking back, it already hurt me enough. I didn't want to admit that it had been hurting me all along. And so I go to my first boot camp, and I'm getting some great information as they're going through the larger story. and the core desires of a man's heart and the, and the poser and, and taking lots of notes. And, and I'm having a little bit of stuff at quiet time, but then they get to the session on the wound. And they play this clip and I could not get out of the auditorium fast enough to get out to spend time with God because I was just losing it, just uh, breaking down, crying and, and and knew that I had to talk with God about it. So we'll play this is from Goodwill Hunting. We'll play it when uh, um, Sean is the uh, counselor, Robin Williams. You got Will, who's coming to him. They're finishing up their sessions. And he's offering to show him the report that he wrote to the judge. And they start having a conversation. And we'll kind of see how that plays out. So, uh, you know, what is it? Like, Will has an attachment disorder? Is it all that stuff? Fear of abandonment? Hey, Will.
3: I don't know a lot. You see this? Oh, Holy... It's not your fault. Yeah, I know that.
5: Look at me, son. It's not your fault. I know. It's not your fault. I know. No, no, you don't. It's not your fault.
1: Hmm? I know. It's not your fault.
0: All right. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. (laughs) Don't... your
3: fault
1: don't with me alright don't with me Sean not you it's not your fault
3: <laughs> oh my god oh my god
4: I'm so
1: sorry and so as I watched that clip you know my thoughts would go to um how many times God had prompted me on the wound Right. And it was a molestation issue from an older family member. And, and I had sworn that I would never talk about it. It would be, I would die with that secret. No one would ever know, you know, kind of thing. And I'd buried it so deep. And God was trying to unearth it. And I just wouldn't let Him. And He let me sit for a year or more, you know, until I went to the boot camp and saw a clip that bypassed all the logic and hit my heart in a way. And all those times as you listen to it, He's saying, It's not your fault. He's breaking down Will's wall. To the point where he can hear he's conditioned his heart so much that he can't hear that he i mean audibly he hears it but he can't believe it to be true it's not safe you know and so you know that that day god really broke through to me and helped me forgive the person that had molested me it took another few boot camps before he helped me see that i really needed to forgive myself and and that was a harder one you know that was because it feels like your fault. If you hear the end of this clip, what Will says, I'm so sorry. Well, he has nothing to be sorry for. He's been the one that's been a victim. But the enemy's so good at making you feel like your wound is your fault that you own it. And that's what makes it so hard to break. Right? And so that's always been a powerful clip to me for those reasons. Wayne?
3: Um, yeah, for, for my boot, first boot camp, um, yeah, it's a lot of the same thing. Your clip kind of spoke a lot to that. You know, my first one, I kind of got suckered into coming by Jim over here. Um, he was helping me and my wife. He was actually counseling us at the time, and and for me, it was more of a, you know, I'll go to this thing and get my wife off my back and keep doing what I'm doing. It'll be <laughs> fine. Um, and of course, whenever I got there, it was, uh, well, what am I doing here? Like this is this is stupid. Like what what is going on? Like this is nuts. And then by the end of the by the end of the boot camp I, I knew all the reasons why i was an addict i had, y'all had solved all my problems <laughs> i was good to go i was i was leaving out of there i was a new man i was <laughs> now of course i ran out of there doing the things we tell people not to do don't go out thinking you got it all together now. Mm-hmm. um but yeah it, it's uh it, it was it was kind of what started the whole craziness with me with realizing that hey. I can hear from God. Mm-hmm. You know, these places where I was hearing from Him, I really was hearing from Him there. And you know, it's He can speak to us in a lot of different ways if we'll just listen. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah, you guys, it, you know, you unleash the crazy. So it's y'all's fault. <laughs> well, it's God's fault. <laughs>
0: <laughs> One of the things that just really just continues to jump out to me to, to this day is. Um, And I know it's not going to shock you, Danny, that it has to do with the 119th Psalm. There's this concept of the Hebrew letter shin, which means sheker, which also means fake. Right? And and the idea of so much more of the world is fake than what is real. And my experience actually of Christianity, if I was going to be completely sincere, was there was more fake there when i went to sunday school or these other places than there was what was real that you know it looked like everybody had their life together things are good you know we're all doing well everybody's fine i'm fine you're fine you know it was the whole deal yeah but when you see darren in his shorts man i'm just saying (laughs) you can't unsee some things (laughs) but but this clip brings it out that what was going on there i mean that was real raw Life right in front of you. Of course, it shocked me, like my eyes wanted to roll in the back of my head, that they were using the language that you can almost hear in that clip. Um, and that, like, are you serious? You just played that, and right here amongst all these Christian people. But the idea is interestingly, truth stands the test of time where falsehood is what burns. I, I mean, it literally it doesn't have any legs to stand on and so it won't be there and so how cool it is that we can begin to boil down stuff that i feel like is real that's authentic those words almost always used overused now to the point but what what i do know is that from the point that you see the poser clip and you begin to process how much of this is me, which, I, you know, again, all the other people posing is one thing, but, I'm, oh, my goodness, like how much of it I'm doing and how much work do I have to do to get rid of the false so I can stand on what's true and, and begin to walk into what God really had in mind, which you know has got to be that which is true. And, and so, you know, in that same section, when it gets to, you know, the heart of the matter, you know, David says, I hate and I abhor. And it's interesting that hate it is growing into abhorring. In other words, we start out knowing that we don't like f- posing, but it gets to the point where it just absolutely disgusts you. And then it says, thy law do I love but that 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 grows out of this beginning to just it, I don't like posing, but then it's just totally disgusting to the point that like oh my gosh I so love what is authentic I so love what is real which is what's happening in that clip for me.
1: Yeah, that whole movie, it's a tough movie to watch. It's a really tough movie to watch, and it's full of some language, you know, in it. But there are some real life moments in it. This part another part we've played on the show before where Sean and Will are talking about a painting right and Sean just tells him about life right I mean he tells him you know doesn't hold back you know and it's it's so good that you look past all that other stuff because there's so much truth in it right and that's why we use these clips it's not to glorify Hollywood they don't need glorification but to say what's the story that they're stealing from God that he's trying to tell you and why is that moving in your heart so much right that's where the work needs to be done is where that movement is you know it's like okay that's that's a signal this is where I got to go fix the problem
2: I want to take your job here briefly Sam Uh, (laughs) I think anybody that comes to a boot camp for the first time since that's what we're talking about will see the poser in themselves if they're not they're not paying attention but you mentioned that you know chapter 4 is where you put it down is with the father wound mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be father it frequently is but that one also stumbled me for the complete opposite direction i had such a great father grandfathers men that were wonderful examples and taught me well that i struggled finding a father wound and God did lead me to them later but that was not something I saw and I'm kind of wondering how many of us didn't get past the father wound or didn't even hear the father wound our first boot camp
1: yeah I think for me it was God knew that that wasn't the biggest wound that he needed to work on I I eventually unpacked father wounds and, and some other wounds as much as I dearly love my mom and would have told you you know ten years ago that there was no such thing as a mother wound you know but God's come after that you know Andy you and I were having a conversation this week and I know it's not about the first boot camp but we are having a conversation about I I can't imagine what life would be like hadn't we not been to these boot camps the first one and then all the others
4: yeah I think it's uh, Morgan from Wild at Heart that says you you, um, live in the day and measure in the decade and it's been Pretty close to a decade since I uh, read Wild at Heart, been to all these boot camps and stuff. And my life is just totally different in all my relationships and the way I look at life. I can remember, I don't know how many times, I don't know if it's about uh happened with you guys, Ever so often, I would really get depressed about different stuff that I didn't see any hope. And this wasn't that long ago because going through broken relationship and stuff like that, there was a lot of stuff. I don't, I can't remember the last time I woke up and said this day is gonna suck. I can't. I mean, this day is not. I mean, what's the point? I mean, I, I, I'm. You know, I, it's just a different mindset. But that is the way. Whenever you look at what Jesus is offering in the New Testament, I feel like I am starting to really get a sense of that. The my life is just totally different. But it's been a process and it's taken time. And you know, the way the book's broken down, all that stuff comes at different times. You don't get all of them at once, so you have to stay in this and allow God to do all it. But I feel like I've I've experienced each chapter in the book and it's brought life to me in so many different ways.
1: Yeah, and if you, you go to another boot camps, it's funny, you'll like I walked away from the first one going, Oh, wounds healed. <laughs> Check that off the list. Yeah. Thanks God, that's done. You know, and then five more boot camps, he's dealing with the same wound in different ways and all the little fingers that it has and tentacles that run out and you you go, Wow, you know, this is deeper than I thought. You know, and unpacking all those different areas, you know, and God Deciding, you know, at this boot camp, he's going to share this with me. That's the coolest thing.
2: One of the things John said at the first boot camp that I heard, and I was marginally offended by, is you cannot trust somebody that has not dealt with their wound. Right. And I have a dear brother that put the book down there and never picked it back up, and he's still living in his wounded past.
1: Yeah, and, and it's a shame you see guys that are. are waiting to die instead of learning to live you know and that was me and I'm just so grateful that God brought this into my life through, through a boss at work gave me the book you know and that was such a cool thing and and uh, man it just made all the difference for me and made difference for my family and uh, you know I hope that that's what it'll do for you and we encourage you to go register for the boot camp coming up uh, March 31st through April 3rd go to masculinejourney.org we'd love to see you there we'll talk to you next week
2: One of my favorite things about boot camp, well, the favorite thing about boot camp is every time I go, I encounter God. And as anyone that has encountered God knows, generally speaking, it's nothing we expect. Real encounter with God out of the blue. He knew what I needed. I knew what I wanted. And those two were rarely the same thing.
0: Register today at MasculineJourney.org.